My first scripture reading comes from Mark, uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 2 through 13. Now, when I was looking at this scripture, this, this is actually the scripture about when the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus went up to the Mount and showed his couple of three of his disciples who he really is, you know. But, uh, and I put the name of the sermon is uh, Justified by Faith. Well, when I was going through this, it's like, I think Jesus was building their faith, revealing himself to these three disciples in a new way. But we'll, we'll go through these scriptures here and, and see how Jesus did this. And after six days, Jesus talk, taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up to a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceedingly white as snow, so as no fuller on earth could white them. And there appeared unto them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make the tabernacle, three tabernacles, one for thee, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah's. For we know not what to say, for there were, they were sore afraid. They were, just blew their minds. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. And suddenly when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore, save Jesus only with themselves. And as they came down from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man what things they had seen till the Son of Man were risen from the dead. And they kept that saying with, with themselves, questioning one another what the rising from the dead should mean. And they asked him, saying, Why say the scribes that the Elijah must first come? And he answered and told them, Elijah verily cometh first, and restoreth all things, and how it is written of the Son of Man that he must suffer many things, and be said it not. But I say unto you that Elijah is indeed come, and they have done unto him whatsoever they listed, as it is written of him. The word of God for the children of God and all of God's children said, Amen. Now, as, as I was checking this, going through this, and I've heard so many sermons about this, but Jesus was revealing himself, and he wanted these guys to know but was who he was, but what was weird about it. And you can tell Peter and uh, James and John their ignorance of the scriptures. You can tell just by the things that they were saying to him. You know, well, the, the Pharisees said Elijah's supposed to come. Well, see, if they would have known the scriptures, they would have known that. It's in, it's in Micah. He talks about it in Malachi, too. And, and it's, it's through the Old Testament about how Elijah was going to come and, and restore and get, prepare the way for the Lord. John the Baptist, that's who Jesus was talking about. Elijah has come. But and then another thing they, they, said, they said to him, he's questioning him. He's just confused. What's this mean he's saying he's going to rise from the dead? Rising from, you know, but blew their mind. They didn't understand. So that just tells me that Jesus picked these guys because they wasn't full of themselves and of what they think they know. And, and I can't believe how they can, the Jews, even to this day, do, does not see Jesus in the Old Testament and how they don't see the prophecies 
And we're going to go to that scripture too in Corinthians. The Corinthians says, the Apostle Paul says, because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. The devil. That's who the God of this world is, the devil. And he's, he's got the control of people that don't have no faith in Jesus. And he, he, contro he controls what they see and, and how they understand things. And, and that's pretty weird because we can be the same way unless we ask God for guidance and direction. We ask the Holy Spirit in us to lead us to open our eyes to what God is doing. But God was, or Jesus was revealing himself to the disciples who he really was. He was God in the flesh, glorified. And what's awesome is a voice came from heaven. And Peter talks about this in the epistle of Peter, and so does John. They talk about it, they, that they were eyewitnesses. They were there that we have a more sure word of prophecy because they were with Jesus when this happened. And, and they, they've touched him, they've been with him, and they've seen all this stuff, and they heard the voice. And what this is all about, Apostle John even said it in, in, in the book of John, that all this stuff that's written in this book, every bit of it, is so that we might believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God and that through believing we'll be saved from the wrath to come. From the wrath to come. There's a wrath going to come. There's a judgment of God that's going to come on this world. But God has promised all the people that believe in Him and trust in Him that He would take us out before that wrath is poured out on the world. And so we don't have to feel so bad when, we're, when we don't get things. You know what I'm saying? When you don't understand something, God will reveal it to you. That's what the Holy Spirit's about. He's the comforter. He re reveals things to us. He brings comfort to us. He, he, he speaks to our hearts. And he, re he reveals God's plan for our lives. But then there's some things that hit us in life that we have no control over. And it floors us. And it knocks us down. But the, the main thing is, is to hang on to God. And I'm living this. When your darkest hour, you got to hang on and not let go. Because there's an enemy, the God of this world, that's trying to destroy your faith, trying to destroy my faith. But it's not going to work. Because Jesus has promised to never leave me or forsake me. He's promised to never leave you or forsake you. When you feel that you've been beat down and all hell has broke loose in your life and that there's no hope, there is hope. And it's, and it's Jesus Christ and the power of His Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That God is faithful. Even in our ignorance, even in our unbelief, He's faithful. Because the disciples didn't understand what was going on. And they had a lot of questions. And that just shows me that it's alright to not understand things. And it's alright to have questions. Because God will even reveal this to us if we seek Him. And that's, that's where I'm at in my walk with God. 
I need Him every day. And I don't have room in my life to get mad at God. I've already done that. And it didn't do no bit of good because how, why should we be mad at the one who loves us so much that He gave Himself for us that we could be with Him forever? That we could escape that wrath that's to come on the whole world. And we look around and we see a lot of it happening in the world. And a lot of people think it's God's wrath. And I've even hear these great preachers that I've always loved. And they're saying this is God's wrath. And it's like, gentlemen, how can you be saying that? It's not God's wrath. This is the wrath of the God of this world. This is what the devil does. He gets in the hearts of men and makes wars and killing and stealing and destroying. God ain't doing that. God is our hope. He's our protector. And then people will argue with me about this. Well, then, then the Bible's wrong then. If this is God's judgment and the church is still here, that's not what the Bible says. We're not appointed to the wrath of God. And so we're seeing what's going on in this world. And it's not God doing it. God allows it. God is letting things work its way through, just like his prophecy says. And so I, I don't feel so bad because Peter, John, and James, especially Peter, he's the only one bold enough to speak up. John and James are just like blown away. You know, and it would. You think about it. That would just blow your mind if something this, like that really happened to you. But Peter was bold enough to ask questions. And just like all people, you see something holy, you want to build a, a church <laughs> or something, you know, on those spots. And you go to Israel, and all those spots were supposedly Jesus was crucified. I don't think they got the spots right myself, but I don't want to argue with nobody. They build a church. Where Jesus was born, they build a church. I mean, big churches. Uh, you know, where the Last Supper was, they build a church. And, and Peter had the same idea. God's building a kingdom in the hearts of people. He don't live in buildings. Just like he said in Psalm 50, if I was hungry, would I ask you? He owns everything anyways. God lives in his people. Jesus, in, in, in 1 John it says, he's the light that lights every man. That means every person that's got life, that life comes from God. Every one of them. Whether they believe in God or not, that life that, that's in them is the breath of life when God breath, breathed life into Adam. And it's on to all of us. So we have hope. Knowing that the best is yet to come. That God is not done working. But he gets a blame, a lot of blame for things that he didn't do. He told us these things were going to happen, but he also knows who's doing it. Let's go to Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, 
and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus Christ. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So right there, that's good news. That's gospel, that's good news. God did the work. God is doing the work in you and me. He's the one that is living in us, taking things away that it's not good for us or, or adding things to us that is good for us. And main thing he's doing is building our faith. But sometimes, like the, like the scripture says, the God of this world will try to kick you down and make you think that God is mean. I mean, that's what he does. And it, it's, it's been that way. It's, it's, he's been doing the same old trick, the same old trick since day one. Making, try to make us doubt God. And so, in your struggles, anything that you're going through, or if you know anybody, reveal that love to Him and to yourself. That if God be for you, who can be against you? That God, who committed His love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for the ungodly. Because God knew we could not fix ourselves. Nobody can. You can try. But until God breathes that breath of life in you again, that born again spirit, opens up your mind to the, where you understand. You can receive the things of God. You can believe. Because the God of this world has not blinded your mind. God has revealed his truth to us through his word. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about the Word of God lately. And, and by so-called ministers. And there's so much false teaching in the church today, folks. And it's, it's, it's pathetic. But that's another sign of the time. And what's weird, these people that are these false teachers got thousands and thousands of people that follow them. And they're being deceived and duped because they don't know the Word of God themselves. They can be led down the path the wrong way. That's why you've got to stick with God's Word. If, if somebody tells you they got a new revelation about something, if it don't line up with God's Word, it's not from God. But the only way to do that is to know God's Word. And that's why me, as your pastor, I will always preach and teach the Bible. I'm not going to tell you some cuddly story unless it has something to do with the Bible. It's not about having itchy ears to make you feel good. It's about the truth of God to build us up, to build our faith, to make us strong men and women of God that we can stand against the wiles of the enemy when they come against us, that we'll know God's voice. And like Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They won't follow nobody else. And so we'll know that. 
And I know, I just know you guys are rooted and grounded because you're here. And this church is, has been being taught the word of God for the last few years. But you guys keep coming back because God keeps drawing you back. Because you're hungry for truth. The word of God. That helps build you up, to keep you going. So you can be that light in the darkness for people. In your life. I mean, when God says, go to the world, that means your world. You are light in your world. And that's what Jesus wants to do in each one of our lives. He wants to transfigure us, transform us into his image. Day by day, little by little, working on us, working on us. And, you know, we, we get, sometimes we get frustrated and we think we got to do a lot of things ourselves. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read 1 through 5. Actually, 1 through 6. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. I love this chapter. You know, and a lot of people want to argue about it. You know, well, you've got to have more than faith. Well, the scripture says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. You have peace with God now. You're justified by the faith in Jesus Christ. But does that mean we just go on living like we don't know God? No. We are ambassadors for Christ. You're that spark of light and love to the people in your life and the people you're around. You're that one that God is using to bring, to reach out and, and, and help other people up out of the pits instead of beating them down and telling them, well, if you would go to church and, or if you would live this way, give it to Jesus, man. Let God help you. I'll pray for you. Let Jesus reveal himself to the people. And I, I'm the same way. I get the same way too. And I, I'm like everybody else. You know, well, if they would just quit doing this and quit. No. I need to quit being that way. I need to do what Jesus would do. Reach down and pick them up. Look at the accusers and say, you without sin cast the first stone. Because we're all broken. We all have issues we all have things in our lives that we don't want no one else to know that we're going through. But God knows. And He still calls us His children. And He hasn't cast us to the side. He's walking with us, picking us up as we fall. But as long as we keep getting up, keep looking to God, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's where it's at. Knowing that Jesus is doing this work. 
He was working then, he's working now. The Father is working in each one of us. And if you just rest in him, rest in that peace, knowing that everything's gonna be okay. Because we, we know the end of the story. The ending of the beginning. It's the ending to the new beginning. We're justified by faith. We have peace with God. So this week, as you go out in your life, know this one thing. God loves you. He's for you. He's going to guide you and direct you. And if you slip and fall, He's there with you. He's not going to turn His back on you. He will pick you up. You just holler out, Jesus saved me, just like Peter did. When he started walking on water, he had that faith where he could step out of the boat and walk on water. But then he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the storm around him and started sinking. And that's how it is in life. I love that story just because it's such a perfect example of how things can be in our life. One minute, we're full of faith, full of God. We're walking on water, and the next minute, we're sinking because the storms, we took our focus off the one we need to keep our focus on. But all you got to do is, Jesus, help, and boom, he's there. Pills you up out of that pit and sets you back on solid ground. So that's, that's what good news is. That's, that's what's building your spirit up. That when you, and you go out in your life, you've got to know that God is for you. He's not trying to hurt you. See, oh, we'll see if he can take this kick. See how strong his faith is. No, that's not God. God is loving, caring, and gentle. He proved his love to us. And then, I, like I said, I hear these some preachers, and, and, and it just irritates me so bad how they are deceiving people. And they think because they're multi-millionaire preachers that they got it right. Well, you're wrong, boy. And you're leading millions of people astray. And God, we need to pray for those boys, those men. But Jesus said it's going to happen. Our God is a consuming fire. That's what the scripture says. But that consuming fire is the Holy Spirit. Well, he gets in your heart and he burns off things that ain't going to be there, that God don't want there. And a lot of it's wrong ways of thinking, or wrong ways of believing. It's like, no, that's not what he meant. Just like the disciples, we get confused. You know, and we got questions. But God is faithful. So let's, let's remember this right here. I'm over at uh, verse 19 on chapter 5. For by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus is the one who made us righteous. Jesus is the one who makes us right. We can't do it without him. So remember that this week. That when you see broken people, broken things, messed up lives, they don't know the one who can fix them. And it's up to us as God's ambassadors to show them that love of Jesus, just like Jesus did to his disciples in their ignorance. He still loved them anyways. And, and he taught them. He knew. Like he said, don't, don't, don't be telling nobody this until after I'm risen from the dead. Tell the Son of Man's risen from the dead. And they're like, risen from the dead? What is he talking about? 
you know, confusion happens. But Jesus is not the author of that. He's the author of giving us understanding. So always look to God. When you've got questions, ask Him, seek Him, and He will reveal it. You can come to me if you have questions. And we'll, we will search for the Scriptures together, and we will get the right answers. We won't just fly off the handle and think I know it all, because I don't. But I know the one who does. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank You that You have given your, us Your Word, Lord. We thank You that You have given us You as an example, Jesus. Fill us with Your Holy Spirit this week, Lord. And thank you for never abandoning us. And help us to be light in our world that we're in, Lord. And I know we get beat down by the world and hard things come against us, but you're faithful, Lord. Thank you. And I'm learning every day that in my weakness and misery, I can lean on you for strength and support. Thank you for our families. Bless them, Lord. Pour out your Holy Spirit on this church. And everybody that comes to this building, let them feel your presence. In Jesus' holy name, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.